Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Western Hunting Hub podcast. Got just a quick update on a few little things mid-season here. We've got uh, archery going on in South Dakota. Archery is just about done in Colorado, so uh, glad I filled and I'm done with that. Definitely a, a, a great hunt, but uh, definitely came with quite a bit of baggage, so go ahead and and go back to episode 95 and listen to that one where I tell my whole story of, of my Colorado hunt. So got some crap on that one for my site usage, um, which is uh, fine, whatever. Uh, having a dialed site, I still would never go without that site now. Um, it's a four-pin slider, so my top pin is a my slider. Then I have a, so that top pin is also the 20, and then the next pin is the 30, 40, and then 50 is my bottom pin. So anything past that, I slide. But um, I got that site because of some of my issues in the past where I've had a 7-pin, even a 5-pin. It's just too much in my site picture. So it's a really difficult thing to, for me, in the moment to be able to calm down and say, which pin am I using? If I don't know my yardage, I get some some target panic in that. So I just am always overcompensating and thinking, oh, if I go, it's the elk or deer's at 40 yards. If I go 40, 50, that'll overcompensate and I'll be good. I won't be shooting under. I must have been doing a lot of shooting under in the past of some sort. So I've just in, I know it makes zero sense, but just in my head, and in the moment, I'm always trying to think, use a further pin up than or down than what I when I think. So that that's been a uh, struggle. Having four pins now allows me to have way more control over that, and I don't even need to dial when I have a target at sixty. So I'm good from zero to sixty yards. Anything past that, I need to take my time on anyway. So uh, I'm going to stick with what I got. I really like that that site. It's a $550 site from HHA. It's a good site. Uh, I I struggle with with seeing how guys are doing the single pin slider. That that I think you've really got to learn your system because so many variables are going to keep you from 
seeing what your uh, uh, or being able to dial into where your your target really is. So the if you're looking for a site, even though I had a total rookie mistake on that, I would really suggest this HHA site. It, it's a really sweet deal, and I really like it uh, because I do like to just most of my shooting all of my shooting except a couple arrows every year are at an animal so shooting in the yard this site makes that really fun to be able to go out to 100 115 uh, and have fun with it so i'd look into that and i'm going to keep going with the site i got and the harassment can keep coming in for my site choice but i will uh, stand behind that there's just human er other human error that has happened in my hunt last week or in last week's episode that bigger issues happened right previous hunts. So I, I have worked through this struggle, uh, well before this hunt and am still in the, in the weeds with it, trying to figure out how to control my shot process, control my finding my pin and settling in, in the moment of pulling the trigger. So anyway, I just wanted to go through a couple of things. I got an update on some dog training, kind of where, where we're at now. And if you got a pup that you're working with, or even if you've got an older dog, uh, maybe even just two years old, or you got a COVID dog, so it's a year old now or a year and a half, uh, there's still a lot you can do. And then a little season update with some things. So I've noticed... Now that my dog is five months old, it's easy to get frustrated and the grouse seasons have started. There's a couple of pheasant seasons or a pheasant season uh, for youth has started here. And, uh, like I said, I, I'm not that big of a bird hunter, way more of a big game hunter, but this opportunity to get this dog just came, came about. So had to, I really wanted to, to train her up and, uh, our seasons are so long here in South Dakota, and I live in South Dakota. I gotta have a bird dog. She's not gonna be the best bird dog in the world because of me. She could be because of the lines she came out of. So I will do my very best to keep some training going. And like I said, it's easy to get frustrated. She's not listening. She's doing getting into things. Maybe. Uh, the other day she jumped up onto the counter and grabbed a hunk of backstrap straight off the counter. Uh, I sure did yank that out of her throat, wash it off and maybe cut a little bit off, but, uh, sure did eat that still, <laughs> but wasn't letting that go to waste digging in the yard, things like that. Uh, or during training, she will literally just take off. Uh, so I've done micro things to adjust that. Uh, I, I think she's a little early for a shot collar, so I'm using that very cautiously. Uh, but putting that on her did allow for her to see, oh, it's go time. And when she took off the one time, I did just give her just uh, the slightest little nick. And then now it's on the vibrate and the beep. So that is effective enough. Getting her to realize, oh, that's what that thing does. Uh, that beep is really effective now. So that's, I'm um, being flexible and learning what my dog needs and what my dog, uh, where she's at in her training. So if you've got a, a, a dog, you're not gonna, the plan is not gonna go according to what your plan you're following. Uh, I've been watching 
dog bone hunter. I've been watching the uh, Paint River Kennels video series that came with my dog. Uh, I've been watching quite a few things on YouTube and none of it is going to go right to exactly that because you've got to go to work every day. You have to, you don't have the setup. You don't have pigeons. You don't have a field to go do that training in. And it's tough to expect the exact same results as that person. That's their style. Uh, It's just like anything. You can't repeat someone else's style the exact same way and and expect that to be repeated. So you have to find your own style. I kind of took that, my example or analogy would be coaching. Uh, I had an amazing college wrestling coach and he was my high school wrestling coach as well. Kind of funny how that worked out. Uh, But he was an amazing man, amazing coach. And I had his style in the back of my head when I jumped into coaching, but realized that that is not something that I can emulate. I have to be my own style. So I used some of his technique, things he learned, but yet put my spin on it into how I interacted with kids. So you got to figure out what your style is with your dog and see where your dog is at and be okay to stray from the original plan. But as long as it's consistent, I think you're good. Another big moment that I knew from the beginning and I'm definitely trying to keep still rolling is that every moment is training. Every time you let her jump up on you, every time it jumps up on the counter or sits there and begs while you're you're eating, which we do not feed her scraps at all, but just the fact that I got a three-year-old there, she's definitely wanting to, to clean up after him. So putting her elsewhere during that time or really being firm with a no and uh, inner candle is probably the best, best bet there. So one thing we've noticed with trying to find every little moment is training, even when you're cooking, cooking in the kitchen, doing a sit stay in the kitchen, that is training. And you can see in her eyes as she's sitting just focused on me, that's wearing her out. When she go start wrestling with my older golden in the living room in the kitchen, that's not okay. I don't want him playing and running around tearing up the carpet. So I'm gonna I grab her, set her down, and tell her to sit, stay. And she's got that figured out. She will sit there and stay there. And as long as you stay stay on it, um, with eye contact and remind her to stay every <clears throat> thirty seconds or so, she'll stay there. So that's a good way to have her sit. Have her to calm down, and I can continue on doing exactly what I'm doing, but I'm getting training on in at that moment. <clears throat> uh, another really great tip that I found that's working well is releasing her to do whatever. This is allowing me to have way more control when I let her out. Uh, we got to put her on a leash, a long lead, and out she goes. So having her sit. Instead of like jumping all around and bouncing, trying to hook or do a collar, have her sit there so you can hook and then release her from there. Uh, whenever she's in her kennel, this is so easy to train. And I really like that I did it. Instead of her pushing through the kennel, then if you open it up, this is the very first time I did it, open it up slightly and she starts sticking her nose out, closing in on her. And as they keep pushing, keep closing it. And once they realize that they need to sit back and just relax for a minute, I can open the door up and then she doesn't come out till I tell her to come out. Really easy thing to do. 
And it didn't take long for her to realize that one. And now she doesn't come out unless she's told to. I do the same thing with eating. It's really annoying to have a dog that just knocks it out of your hand or jumps in there before you even have it set down. I let the old man dog eat first and get his food first. And then this, this little pup gets to eat second. So that bowl gets set down and she's, I don't care either way. She'll sit and stay there or she'll uh, be on woe. She'll just st- stand there and wait until I've released her. Another really, really good little obedience thing that was well worth the time and was really easy to train. Uh, and, and how we did that is just set that food down and held on to her. Initially, when she was a pup, I had her picked up and then slowly dropped her to the ground. When she took off to go to the, the food, nope, caught her and until she's calm. And by doing this, as she's fighting and flailing, it's like, I want that, I want that, I don't want that ener- that food. Just that helped calm her down quite a bit. So you slowly drop her down. If she gets excited, I picked her back up. With an older or bigger dog, I think you could do that by just grabbing onto them and holding on to them there as they are fighting you until they stop. And that can be like a long, long time. Initially, feeding times took a long time. Now I've got it down to where I can do it right away. It's no big deal. I can release her. So releasing them to do whatever has been a really great thing. So the eating, the kennel, um, and, oh, uh, and then also when we're out in the field. So if I want her to go search for something, I'll have her woe or sit and then I'll release her. And how I release her, I'm still working on that for, uh, the, in the field, but I might as well be consistent is just releasing her by using her name. So I like to point my hand over her head. So there's a visual as well as a audible. So over her head, and I'll just say Bailey, and out she goes. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Another big one that's a good obedience thing that we're working on is lots of leave it and take it. And that's simply done just by uh, putting something that she wants in front of her face and say, leave it, leave it, leave it. And, uh, as she understands, no, she can't have it until I say, take it. Uh, that is just an easy, easy one to, um, control. And again, another, you don't do anything until I tell you to. The other big one, this takes up majority of my time, is heel work, walking through the yard, keeping a nice loose leash, and keeping her to my side 
she stops when I stop. And this is where a pointing dog is different than a lab. Um, as you're healing, I do not work on sit with my dog very much. Uh, other than sit stays in the kitchen. I've noticed when I do want her to woe, she will sit down and then I have to go over there and correct it. So with a pointing dog, I'm I'm not as concerned with sitting because it actually gets in the way of my woe training. So as you're healing with a pointing dog, I would actually suggest if she or he stops while you're doing heel work when you stop and she just stands there, that's great. And that's what I'm doing <clears throat> with your labs. You probably want the dog to sit or retriever. Cause that's not the only, uh, flushing dog or any dog, but <clears throat> you would want to be healing, doing that heel work as it is falling along you. And then it stops when you stop and sit. Uh, so that's been a, a easy thing to, to add in there. And then my woe to that is a closed fist in front of her face and I'll add woe in there. Uh, so she'll stay there, and once I say, Bailey, come, she'll come right to me. And I can give her all kinds of distractions while she's sitting in, or staying in woe uh, by throwing my hat. Uh, I've thrown uh, dead chuckers or her dummy or toys or whatever she's, stuff she really, really likes, or even go up and you pet her and then back off, kneel down, open your arms up, look inviting. And if she breaks... Then you bring her back to that woe spot or sit spot and you repeat that and repeat it until she's got it like two times in a row and then you can continue on uh, with the next thing or just more repetition. So that's kind of what my training sessions look like. Uh, there is there is a little difference in the pointing dog versus uh, your flushing dogs or just your household dog. But either way, I think you could easily adapt in a portion to that to make that a uh something that fits your debt your bird your dog i don't know it doesn't even have to be a bird dog we're working on adding in birds uh i realize at five months she should have been seeing birds already but it's kind of difficult because i don't have pigeons uh catching pigeons is not necessarily the easiest thing i've done it in the past um but you got to find a spot and then you got to have a place to keep them and then also you got to have a place to train with them. So that, like everyone else, is, struggles to do. Um, so we've got some dead birds that we've been using. And I'll just throw them in my, my tall grass and, and have her hunt for them a little bit. And she just does some retrieves, which is interesting. She's not finding her point. She doesn't do a whole lot of pointing, which is odd. Um, but maybe that's the fact that it's a dead bird versus a live bird. Uh, we'll see kind of as we hit those live birds been really nervous about going out anywhere where we actually have some grouse or anything like that still hot out so snakes are relevant and uh, I've got a big fear of her getting bit by a snake so that's why we're not we're not running into that yet uh, so adding in some kind of dead bird scent retrieval that we've gone off of the visual and it's been great to see her learn to how to use her nose to find something like that so hopefully you can find some space to run with your dog. Pigeons would be great. Um, I, I'm not worried about launchers or anything like that. When I get some birds, all I'm simply going to do is tuck their head under their wing, uh, spin them around just a little bit gently uh, by grabbing the whole bird and then tucking it into the grass right there. That's enough. And then after you back up, they'll hold for a little bit 
and then you can run your dog in the area. One thing I have not done and I just haven't figured out quite yet is whistle commands. Uh, thinking about just a couple of simple whistle commands just to keep control of her in the field. And that's just having multiple whistle blasts as they come and then a single whistle blast to change her direction. So if I wanted her to uh, hunt more into these cattails to the left, I can, and she's hunting to the right, that I can send her into the left because maybe I know where a bird is that she doesn't. So that's something I'm going to work on here eventually. Uh, but otherwise, just keep your, your training sessions pretty short. Keep them uh, at least three to four days a week. I need to be more five to seven, but I'm hitting that three to four day mark, so I feel like I'm hitting a little bit. Uh, and they also are pretty short. They're five to 15 minutes long, so not that long at all and kind of easy to squeeze in in the day. All right, shifting gears onto the season update. Just a couple little things uh, to keep you guys motivated. It seems like my hunting season is, the the majority of it is over. Having such an eventful hunt out in Colorado and a very involved hunt, but there's a lot of hunting season left. Uh, we've still got a lot of archery, a lot of rifle, see all the rifle seasons yet to, to be had. So uh, keep your motivation up. We've got a lot of, a lot of work to do yet, and remember, we, we think about this for uh, eight months out of the year and don't get to do this all 12. So keep that same pr- preparation for your hunts as you did the, the first. I'm doing the same here. I've got um, some shooting I'm going to be doing today, some more adjustments to my bow, make sure everything is shooting good. Uh, really need to start shooting some 3Ds if you haven't been shooting 3Ds. There is such a big difference especially as we get into, um, well, archery deer season is over in color or ending here in Colorado. Uh, but in South Dakota here, it keeps going in a lot of states. It just keeps going and going deer a lot smaller than a, than a, uh, than an elk. So it's a small target. And when I head to Arizona, whether we're chasing mule deer, which Ryan's hunting for mule deer for me, but if we end up, so Ryan, if you're listening, I know you are, uh, if, if it ends up being a, a coos deer, I was watching your, your hunt today, this morning, just, uh, the, where you guys, you and your brother doubled up on those coos deer. That was pretty sweet little deal to see you guys double up and that, that there's two bucks. You got to just check it out. Um, um, so just go over to points West outdoors and YouTube and watch their most recent two bucks dead in their bed. It's kind of a cool little hunt. Uh, but what I was saying, Ryan, is uh, that uh, if we see coos deer, we see a coos deer buck, I don't have any problem switching gears and going and chasing that. So I uh, would love, love, love a 180 muley or even a 160 plus. Uh, so I, I just want to – I'm thinking more my goals for the Arizona I have hunt plan that I have is – more so just hunting a new state, new country, new style, uh, and learning. So it, I realized just today, actually, that the query that I'm chasing is not necessarily the goal. Just want to, to have a good time. I just love big mule deer. So that, that was kind of some of the motivation and wanting to maybe chase mule deer more so. But just want that new country, uh, new experience, and and uh, also getting to know um, another hunting style and some other other guys. So yeah, in that I 
really, really, really got to be shooting more three D's and out at that 6,200 yards. Um, I'm thinking it'd be nice to be within 80. Don't really feel good shooting at a small little coos deer at a hundred. Uh, but a mule deer at 80, I can get it done with some good practice. So keep shooting those, those 3Ds, maybe uh, with your rifle shooting, keep shooting that, that as well. I'm headed out today on the range, got a new scope on my rifle, make sure everything's dialed. Uh, and then in the house safely, I'll be dry firing quite a bit. That's some of the best things you can do uh, just to keep yourself in tune with your gun and just keep working on dry firing. Put a spot on the wall or even a mount on the wall would be a good thing to to focus on just squeezing the trigger on. Another big thing spending a lot of time on, and I encourage you guys to do the same, is some e-scouting. Uh, you had kind of had your plan maybe, but as these other seasons approach, uh, keep e-scouting. There was a really good video Onyx put out really a little bit ago on some five tips on some finding new ground that using their 3D uh, feature. I hadn't really used that a whole lot yet, but now I kind of see where that would fit in some of these rolling prairies and and uh, some of it or just that deserty, not giant mountain kind of stuff, but somewhere in between uh, some good habitat there that you can find using that 3D option. So go check that out. Also, don't forget keep your gear organized and going. Clean your bow, clean your guns. Uh, my pistol is sitting here on my, my desk and it is dusty and dirty from my Colorado hunt. So I need to clean that up. Um, my bow needs to get a little wiped down with some Q-tips and, uh, just some similar, not gun oil, but just some little cleaning solution of some sort. Uh, my pack and my boots need to get cleaned. So here's my way of cleaning my pack, uh, after it gets a little blood on it or, uh, my, cow estrus scent elk pee leaked all over on the inside it good thing i had it in a ziploc but that ziploc kind of leaked out a little bit uh which i was elk hunting so i don't really care but this is what i do i take and put the whole pack in the bathtub fill it up a little way so it's it uh, kind of submerges cold water is good for blood so I, I let that sit i go in there and kind of squish it around squish it around let that water penetrate the pack and and get everything washed out and then I'll throw a little Dawn dish soap in there to, uh, and scrub it all around and around and around, get that, uh, that soap out, get any of that other stuff out and then I'll drain it and I'll do it again. Um, kind of rin- give it a rinse off in the tub, but then you fill it back up, soak it again, and you can slowly work out all that detergent out of there and any blood and you'll notice just more dirt and dust and just stuff keeps coming out of there. Big thing, just getting that blood out and keeping your pack clean. Then I'll hang it upside down, all the pockets open, make sure no water's trapped, hang it upside down outside and away we go. And it'll be ready to go next time. My boots, I like to wash under the sink with a brush and get that dirt off of there. Uh, If you look at any pair of boots that you buy, it'll show how on there to keep them clean, keep them clean. Well, that dirt in there is not good to leave over uh, a whole year. So you want to make sure you get that cleaned out. And then there's all kinds of product. I, since I got Hanwag boots, I grabbed some of their Hanwag, uh, products to help. There's a cleaner and then a waterproofer and then a wax. So when I was doing preseason stuff, I did three of those and it took me about three days to do all that. So it had dry time in between, 
but having some sort of product where it's a waterproofer and then you let that dry for 24 hours and then you can add on a wax to it if you're if you're wanting so that's what i do with my pack and my boots and obviously gun cleaning and bow cleaning uh are important too so keep those trail cameras rolling throughout the season we've got long seasons here and uh so we we're trying to use some trail cameras we're still trying to figure out where things are at where they're moving and helping make game day decisions on your hunts so there you go we got some dog training we got some mid-season uh thoughts as to uh where we're at in the season and keeping rolling with with the next one so good luck to you on whatever you got coming up next and uh send in some of them success photos Thanks. this is god's country